And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, talking DC United, U.S. Men's National Team, Washington Spirit, whatever crosses the DC DMV, Loudoun United even too, talking soccer. John's here. John, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm uh, talking to you live from the new John Hoffman basement studio. That's good. Uh, so that's something. That's something that's new. <laughs> yeah, I'm not showing up. I'm not showing up when uh, uh, when I'm talking on the video feed. It's just locked in on you. So I don't know if that's a thing that uh, we're correcting in the new basement feed. But that's uh, we're we're working on we're working on all the kinks. You've noticed that we're late, um, <laughs> and it's also not Monday. So there's lots of things that are different than they normally are. Uh, yeah. But uh, this is one of them. Yeah. By the way, you can click your picture. I think you should maybe um, maybe that is what what is going on or check your stream check check the settings and make sure it's like not clicked i think that what could be going on it is that's what it is yep yep <laughs> there we go live technical support here at yeah. rfk refugees uh john uh just uh souped out so his welcome PC. To my basement yes welcome to his basement john got a a souped out pc so he should be able to better handle video and hopefully we won't have issues that we had previously with uh with audio and video and stuff like that but uh john good to see you how you been man how, how was your weekend it was uh it was pretty cool. I don't know if anybody happened to see uh, the Twitter feed this weekend. Uh, I we are having a kid, so that's happening. A first kid uh, coming in April. Uh, if I was being very opaque around why I wasn't renewing my tickets for 2020, now you know why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to have a completely newborn uh, in the opening weeks and month of the season. So uh, those are on pause now for for uh, I think probably a year. I think that's our hope. To, is to come back in, in 2021 but excited anyway i'm much more excited to have a kid than than see dc united next year i'll <laughs> be honest with everyone wow man wow okay i understand that i can understand that a life is probably more important than a soccer game um particularly if we're not gonna challenge for ml's cup like i mean <laughs> we're, we're just we're just trying to get in the playoffs ouch 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 my friend um well we don't we don't have any dc to talk about um, we don't have any anything DC related. There were no games this week. It's the international break. Um, I hate international breaks. I think they're stupid and boring and they're very bad. Yeah, it's just watching like bad soccer. I mean, even like even like the World Cup. The with with you know the fact that Qatar has the World Cup and all the controversy surrounding that. The you know the expanded World Cup that's 20, coming in twenty twenty six. The whole World Cup, the whole luster and the, and the whole... Maybe I'm just getting older. I haven't quite been able to tell. But the whole sheen of the World Cup has just completely gone on me. So now it's like these like international breaks are useless because I've, I've pretty much just bought into club soccer. I watch Bundesliga in the morning. I watch Premier League. I watch you know, MLS you know during the season pretty much. I'm pretty much like entirely bought in to club-based soccer. I'm like, I, I've, I have grown to see, now we're still going to cover the U.S. wins national team and we'll talk about their game against Cuba. We'll still talk about them. I'll still watch them. I'll still pay attention, but it's like the whole luster and everything has gone. I don't know. Do you feel the same? Or do you have any of the same feelings? I have felt that way for a long time. I'm, I, if you remember, we were talking about how we we're going to expand the show and how long it's been since I've watched uh U.S. national team games. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't care too much anymore. And then I went and saw them paste the ever-living snot <laughs> out of Cuba, and it did not make me feel good or make me feel like, this. Is, I enjoy this. This is good. I would have much rather seen... I don't want to say I would have much rather seen DC United versus FC Cincinnati draw 0-0 again, but, I mean, it was kind of close. I think I, think I still might be more interested in that. I don't, I'm not totally sure. Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, 
it, it was an interesting game. It was like the first like four minutes. Everybody's like talking about you know was it, so you you actually went to the game live. I believe that's what you you said. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and you met you met our um, I think our, our producer was also there too, who um, couldn't make it today. So um, when you call, it'll just be us. It'll just be me. You'll I'll be answering the phone. It'll be live like the old days. Um, but uh, but I guess uh, I guess referring to that game, um, how like did the crowd? Everybody was talking about like the crowd. It was eleven thousand people showing up to this game. I think eventually it got to thirteen thousand. Was that sort of your estimation? It was very much a very a very sort of dull and, and boring atmosphere. There wasn't a whole lot of atmosphere. Uh, well, the, the challenge was they did not sell the tickets to my normal section, the second deck, um, in the East stand. So no more, I sit 104. There were no seats up there. They had not sold those. So that is a challenge for sound. But I mean, the other side, it was pretty much packed every other place. I think they had a good idea how many they were going to sell. Um, and they sold that many. Uh, the problem was it wasn't a competitive game at any point. <laughs> It was it was over it was over like ten minutes into the game right yeah it was I pretty mean, much done <laughs> I think McKenney had a hat trick in nine or the, like thirteen minutes or something like that yeah um I was openly rooting I, I was with my friend Nancy and her son and my wife and we were just openly rooting for Cuba after the second goal um it just wasn't it was not amusing at all it was just sad um and they also I mean they only scored one goal after halftime I believe I think it was six nothing at halftime and then Pasilic scored or Pulisic scored the seventh penalty kick. Yeah, that was it. Uh, it was just we were just kind of the, here are the things that I remember. Here are the things of note. Um, McKinney scored a goal in the first minute. He scored a hat trick in like twelve minutes. Um, Ariola came on at halftime, and then three seconds after he came on, he got blown up, and I thought he was dead. Uh, the U.S. players were calling for stretchers uh, immediately. I was like, I I'm gonna burn the stadium down. That's it. This is it. Everyone's dead because this is ridiculous. It cannot happen. Burn down uh, the hot, the soccer house in Chicago. If if Ariola, that would probably be the more apt, uh, the more yeah, apt response. I mean, you, Just you end light U.S. On soccer. Fire you, can, you light on fire, which you can access to. I think early on. Fair, but yeah, I would fair. say that the, the, there's a problem there. Um, and then that's it. I mean, the game it was stupid. And that's how these things go sometimes. You know, that's uh, that's the story of Concacaf. I mean, you know, Germany plays San Marino sometimes. And they score 17 goals, and that's just international soccer, I guess. Sometimes, but um, yeah, it we can't draw any lessons from it. There's nothing you can yeah. take from this at all. I mean, I guess you you take you you take at least some portion of the lesson is that they took an opponent that was weaker than them, and they didn't play down to them. They finished the job, and they finished it efficiently. But you're right. Other than that, there's really not much else you can glean from this game. Um, there's not much else you can really build. I mean, they. They played like a team that was full of professionals with a bun- with against a lot of players, probably making some of their first professional starts. They had one player already pretty much just disappear, and defect. And it's a pretty common thing that happens. Um, is is Cuba visits the U.S. and then they're like short three or four players by the time kickoff happens because they all just you know they sneak out of the hotel, they figure out a way to just you know leave. Um, it's it's a pretty common thing that happens. It's it's sad in a way because it kind of I think it hurts. Cuba's uh, soccer team is a competition, big time, big time. Because uh, you know, I think um, Alonso's kind of uh, was it um, Eswaldo Alonso. Yep, is kind of the more famous one who's done that, who just got up and left. Um, so uh, it really sort of it really sort of comes down to this game, and this is where it comes into the whole the whole Gold Cup. I mean, this whole uh, Nations League as a competition. 
is this really i mean could would the do you think the us there's sort of two sides of this argument there's there's the argument that the us could be playing you know a tougher opponent they could be playing an argentina they could be playing a brazil they could be playing you know a european team in between qualifiers they could be traveling to europe they did that a lot um under jürgen klinsmann but now we have this nations league and everybody's participating in in concacaf and I can see the side the, the the side looks, you know, less US centric and they look at, well, you know, the smaller nations, this is a bigger thing for them. This gives them more matches. A lot of these smaller nations, um, I think um John Arnold who who is one of the I think only people who takes the time to cover these, you know, Latin American leagues, these smaller leagues and these smaller national teams, um, was sort of making the point. He said, you know, you, you know, I understand, you know, for the U.S., it might not seem like a lot, but for a lot of these other teams, this is a big deal. This gives them an actual official competition. And I and I get all that, and I understand all that, but it almost seems to me like it's it's time for U.S. soccer, Mexico, Canada, maybe Costa Rica, maybe some of these other nations, and say, hey, why don't we why don't we just leave Concacaf? Why don't we join South America? Why don't we? You know, find a new confe- like the, pretty much join South America would be the answer. It's happened before. Australia left the Oceania region to join AFC. This isn't unprecedented an unprecedented move if it were to happen. It'd be a little bit of a bigger coup um, for this to happen. But it, it's almost like if Concacaf is going to force them into this type of tournament, this this game didn't serve any use to the U.S. national team. And again, I'm, I am looking at this from a very U.S. centric focus, but I just think that it's it's time. For the U.S. soccer in Mexico to say, look, Concacaf, you can't just keep forcing us, you know, to play against these smaller nations. We're not learning anything. We're not growing anything from it. This could have been used for us to actually play a team that's going to challenge us. Instead, it's like, you know, like basically like we're playing the Gold Cup now stretched out over over a year, every year. Um, And it's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. So you might have the same thoughts on it. I'm not sure. No. Yeah, we we do. Um, I, I think it'll be it'll be exciting to see how we do against Canada. So that was, I think, that was sort of the 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 judgment True. ahead of time was, uh, here's what's going to happen. We're going to pace Cuba, and then we're going to draw one one against Canada. <laughs> and after we pace Cuba, everyone's going to be like, this team is for real. Yeah. This team is an offensive dynamo. You cannot stop them. And then they'll go play Canada, and it'll get really ugly again. So I think that'll be really uh, indicative and, of where this team is. That's the second game coming up this week. And in a certain sense, Canada actually has a lot to play for. Um, in this in this game, this nation league actually matters to them a lot because they are just outside because because Concacaf is Concacaf and they're doing and I think this was it seems to me that maybe this whole we're going to start this nations league thing, but we're going to get rid. You guys won't have to worry. You know Mexico, you know Honduras, Costa Rica, the all the teams that you usually see in the hex. You don't have to worry about, you know, getting to that hex. We're going to institute this FIFA ranking system that places the top six teams in the FIFA rankings automatically in the hex, and everybody else has to kind of, you know, scrounge for those spots. Um, but for, for Canada, this game absolutely matters. And, yes, they're hosting the tournament jointly with the U.S. and Mexico in 2026, but I think they really want to qualify for the 2022 World Cup. I think that's a really big deal. It, it, it absolutely is a really big deal for them to do that. They've have, you know, have had development. They have players like Alfonso Davies. Um, they have uh, Kyle Lahren, a lot of talent that's sort of been built. It's not just Dwayne D. Rosario and a bunch of guys anymore. It's, you know, actual good talent and good players. And I think they really want to sort of have what the U.S. had, which is they made the 1990 World Cup 
before hosting it in 1994. Um, so this game matters a lot to them because uh, they beat the U.S. They can uh, inch up those rank those FIFA rankings and maybe sneak into that sixth spot um, in the FIFA rankings and potentially make it into the hex. Um, and that gives them, you know, they basically have to finish third or fourth to really uh, third to guarantee themselves a spot or fourth to kind of get into that play-in game. Um, otherwise, they basically have to go through all the 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 you know play a tournament and knockout tournament against you know some a lot of the other teams to get that to get into that half spot to then be in a playoff where they then have to play probably either a South American or, or other team. Um, it's a completely convoluted, awful qualifying system um, that I think was clearly created because they they were creating the Nations League, um, and it really screws Canada a lot. They got really screwed by this, um, and I think a lot of fans, if you, if you follow any people who um, watch the Canadian national team. I know um, Dwayne Rollins, who um, Washington fans might know is a huge Washington Capitals fan. He was very upset about this whole format. Um, so this game this game coming up for Canada against U.S. matters a lot to Canada. Not sure how much it matters to the U.S. I'm not sure how seriously they're going to take it. Um, so I'm saying that there's a good chance that uh, Canada could end up beating the U.S. in this game. Could happen. Yeah. Anything can happen. Uh, I, I think that that I would prefer that outcome because I don't think <laughs> I don't think this game against Cuba. Uh, I don't want it to make people complacent. I don't want it to make people think that this team is is closer to the finished product. So we'll see. Um, there was, I mean, the American Outlaws were there. They were loud. It was it was fine. I, I guess it just bummed me out how uncompetitive the game was and how quickly it was uncompetitive, and then how easily uh, you know they were pulling out the party tricks. Very early on in the game, uh, like in the 30th minute, they were they were just they were just clowning them. It was N1 stuff, and you know, there were people around me really enjoying that. Some people really like that, I guess. <laughs> they really <laughs> they really like the idea of just dunking on a team that was completely hapless. But it was, I, I mean, it can it can be fun. It can be fun like in a certain sense, I guess. It can be fun, um, but you know, I certainly see, I certainly see your. Uh, uh, your side of it. Do we want to go ahead and open the phone lines? We want to throw them open for people to call. Yeah, in? yeah they're open. I switched oh. the as the as the the new producer. I, I switched them while we were talking. Okay, because <laughs> we probably we're also, we're also live troubleshooting our sound audio. Some people said we have still have some echo. We're we're working on that. It's, yeah. This is all as you see. New location, new <laughs> microphone, new technology. Lots of things happening here. Yes. Lots of moving pieces. We're doing our best. Yes, we're. we're it's going to be a learning process. You're. You're learning. In the end, it will be better. I promise you. Yes. <laughs> In the end, it'll be less. Less issues connecting. Um. Less issues with buffering and all those wonderful things. Um. Let's. Uh. Do we want to? So uh, we had a couple teams finish that we that we follow finish up their um their seasons. Uh. One of which is uh the I think uh are the is is um. Uh, is Loudon United done now? Are they finished? I think they're. No, I think they've got some more games. Oh, uh, they got. Looks like one more game based yeah, on how things are looking. I think they play like thirty-four games, uh, but they won two to one today. Um, some uh, some nice looking goals there. And uh, the Washington Spirit finished their season um, with a zero-zero draw, kind of like a huge clunker against the against the Portland Thorns. Um, Similar to a DC United season finish, so they, <laughs> yeah. they honored they honored our, our partnership and friendship with a, a also zero zero draw. Yeah, but let's um. So uh, let we'll, I guess we'll hold off on Loud United doing kind of a debrief on that season, but I did want to do a little bit of a debrief um, on the Washington Spirit. Um, their final record was nine wins, seven draws, eight losses. Uh, they finished with a um, plus five goal differential, thirty goals for, twenty five against, thirty four points. They finished four points outside of the playoff spot. 
um, just behind the uh, Rain FC playing in Tacoma. Um, I guess sort of, you know, in one sense, you can say it was a successful season for the Spirit. They played at Audi Field. They drew 20,000 fans over at Audi Field. Um, on the other hand, you know, the team misses the playoffs. The team did improve significantly. Um, I don't know if one could argue, well, I mean, you couldn't get much worse than how they played last season. Um, but they made a run into the playoffs, and this was despite having uh, a lot of their players, uh, b- both their big-time players, Mallory Pugh and uh, Rose Lavelle gone. Um, I-, I guess what, where, are you, where do you fall on the, on the Washington spirit this season as far as things look? I think because of the, the nature of, I mean, I feel like every season is uh, there's an international tournament or a large chunk of time where they have to they have to lose their players. Yeah, um, it seems like there's always something. Um, so it's hard to really evaluate the team from that perspective because it was such a decisive change when the league was reinforced with all like this team was hurt less by it than mm-hmm. other teams were which I think maybe makes sense considering the number of uh, national team players and sort of the, you know, Roosevelt killed at the World Cup. Prior to that, hadn't really made an impact for the Spirit, had been injured most of the time um, Mm -hmm. and hadn't scored a goal, I believe, until this season, late this season when she came back. So her absence wasn't really going to make the the difference, uh, you know, decisively for the Spirit. Mallory Pugh had played played better, um, obviously, uh, than, than Lavelle had for Spirit so far. But... Uh, Andy Sullivan having been sort of left off the roster, sort of, you know, according to many people snubbed. Um, I think that helped. She was playing very motivated for the first half of the season and sort of took the reins of the entire uh, midfield. So I think that it's, it's just really, it's really challenging to evaluate them in light of that. Mm-hmm. I think the league is so small and the league is so, you know, there's so many, it's, there's teams that are extremely deep with game-changing players that were all playing in the World Cup. They came back. It changed the calculus for the whole league. Um, I would say that one thing to take away, it seems like Richie Burke has some good ideas with this team. It seems like they played. It was a much steadier, more cohesive soccer throughout the entire season. Um, you know, there were, there were some reinforcements, but by and large, like, this was a very young team again still. Uh, and there were not difference makers that were brought in, like big name, big you know, diff- difference makers. There were some changes that happened mid-season, um, sort of just trade reinforcing trades that happened, but they, they weren't, they, you know, they weren't going to make the papers. It wasn't really, it wasn't really huge stuff. So he took basically very similar roster. Um, some players had breakout season. Some players really, but Sam Staub, Aubrey Bloodstow, uh, fantastic all, all season long. Uh, Andy Sullivan, like I said, at the beginning of the year, really, really, really crushed it. And also, you know, um, Ashley Hatch scored a bunch of goals. There are there are some there are some bright sides. I think there are some bright sides, and there are a lot of things that there there. I I still don't think they're ready to win a title. I think there are too many really strong teams that have really decisive game breakers on them that um, I don't think Spirit can compete with. Yeah, I think this is definitely a, this is going to be a project. Um, a, a several. I, I think. You have to, you know, I have to give, I was extremely critical of the coaching choice um, that the Spirit made. The comments that he had made uh, previous to the game were not great. Um, I, I really was, I was very, very suspect of a guy who had never coached a single professional game to take the reins um, at the Spirit. 
Um, but, you know, I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, he navigated a team that had none of uh, two of its superstars away for several weeks around the year. They were running away. They were in first place. It was it was looking very, very strange to see them in first place and still managed to navigate that team uh, to at least be competitive. Um, they were not getting embarrassed, you know, three, four, nothing in these games. Um, so I, I have to give credit to him. I thought he did a, one, a good job this season uh, navigating that. Um, a, as far as next season goes, I mean, the Olympic tournament's going to be a little bit of a shorter tournament. Um, I'm hopeful. I really want U.S. soccer to start taking this turn, this league a little more seriously. I feel like you can you can take a break in the middle of these of these tournaments and these games, and, and you can actually, you know, you can actually generate better audience you can have games played where you're going to have your stars available um we'll see what happens with the olympics the olympics it, it, the women's sport is really strange in that it's like literally we have a world cup we have the olympics and then there's nothing for three more years and then we're back to the world cup again um it's just kind of the way it is and it's a little frustrating um but uh i i hope that nwsl grows i'm hopeful that they start to take this a little more seriously um, and really start to invest in this network. And I think the first thing is going to happen for the NWSL um, is to get on ESPN, get on ESPN Plus, um, not be sort of tucked away on on Yahoo Sports. Um, I think put it more in the sports soccer consciousness um, is going to be is going to be a really good decision. And the kickers are now, uh, I mean, the kickers, the Spirit are now trying to um, negotiate um, more games at Audi Field. It looks like um, they're not. They've already sent emails out, basically. You know, asking fans, season ticket holders, you know, what's your limit as far as playing at Audi Field versus the Maryland Soccerplex? Um, so definitely, definitely want to stick around for that and see what happens. Yeah, I was going to fill that out just to sort of, you know, tip the scales, but I realized that would probably not be cool, so I didn't do that. True. <laughs> so I, I just left people that were actually. Or did you do it? Did you? Fill I, it I out? did. I did not do it. No, I didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I left that. Okay. I le- again, I left that for people who can be there on a regular basis. I would love for them to be at Audi Field and give me more options. Other than just the two games that they got, yep. Um, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a a very. I'm sure DC is really trying to push them. Um, I know there were talks about Segra Field. They're trying to get them to play at Segra Field. I think they should say nope. Sorry, we're going to play at the Soccerplex. Grass field versus turf. Um, location doesn't do anything for them out in Loudon versus out in Boyd's. It's about pretty much six and one half dozen of the other. Um, so yeah, well, that's certainly going to be a story to follow, and the league, the whole league is going to be a story to follow. Are we going to see more another expansion team? Are we going to see more teams yeah. coming in? Okay. Um, what's the status of the of the league in general? Um, you know, what where where does the league sit? It it it, it seems like it, it grows, and you think it's going great, and then it's like you know, well, no, not actually because you know that because of this, this, and this. Um, you know how the how is the hire a CEO? Yeah, the, the search for a CEO that's that's new and big. That's great to not have an interim person that's doing three jobs. There's uh, that. There is that, and I think it's going to come down to how much investment U.S. Soccer is willing to put in this league. I, it seems to me like they very much want to push this thing off into its own direction um, and and have it sort of be its own entity. Like they were fine with you know getting it started back up, getting it having it be together, um, but now they like they definitely want to sort of. You know, set it off on its own. Um, I question right now whether that's a smart move, but um, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see um, with that for sure. Uh, people call us in two zero two nine zero five zero four five four. Call us in if you want to talk spirit. 
We didn't talk uh, about the Colleen Rooney thing, did we? No, we did not. Do we want to get into this? Do we really? I think we do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this, All is right. a, this, is a, this is an off week. I think we absolutely need to get into it. Okay. So, let's, let's dive into it. Let's yeah, dive so into I, it. I, you know, I think non-soccer people saw this story. This, this became a thing. Uh, so we may not even really need to get too deep into it. But uh, so Colleen Rooney posted something on, I don't remember how, it was like early on our morning. She was posting from, from where she was. Uh, but posted an image, a long image of text on her Instagram account. <laughs> or was it on Twitter? Not on Twitter. It was Twitter. It was Twitter. So over the course of a few months, she had found that, like, so she has a private Instagram account and was, you know, sending stories and stuff out, as we do, um, from her from her Finsta. Uh, and she was realizing that everything that it was only, you know, allowed for a few group of people to, to, to you know, be on it, like friends. And family, but there were things leaking to the press from it. So she was like, "This we can't have this happen. How is this happening?" So she, like a genius, was limiting who could see her stories one at a time, sort of isolating over time who, uh, you know, who could see certain stories. And then the certain things uh, that were fake or or she, you know, was trapping people uh, were still getting into the news. So basically, she had isolated it to come from Jamie Vardy's wife's account. That was the only one. <laughs> That was the only one that could see the stories that were getting leaked. So, as I saw on Twitter, the funny, the funniest thing for me about it was like, I was like, that's really good, smart detective work there. I wouldn't have thought to do that. Someone was like, that's basic, just woman on the internet skills. All women have this magical skill to to become like, like a Perry Mason lookalike or something on 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 the internet and just and and get this. Either if it's researching and finding things you've said and done in the past to get you. Or it's this. So they. Uh, so that's what that's what happened. Colleen Rooney. Uh, she she got. What's Jamie Vardy's wife? Rebecca Vardy. Is that Rebecca her name? Vardy? Yes. Yes. So now, what has happened since? I I stopped paying attention to the story right after that happened because it was funny to me and that was that was it. it. I would say probably not. I mean, I'm probably on the same boat as you as you are. I heard there were without well all these stories. You know, there there's certainly there, there's a a humor aspect to it. There's a you know, drama, grab the popcorn type aspect to it. Um, then there's the ugly side, which is kind of inevitable when a, a bunch of idiots, you know, threaten uh, Rebecca Vardy and her kids. And that's not cool at all. Um, really, really not cool at all. Um, she apparently has ordered a, a forensic uh, check of her account to like check who was logged into the account at the time the stories were posted and everything like that. Um, her, her response was not great. It was, it was certainly, um, I, I, I could tell maybe if she had, I'm sure she has a publicist or something or an agent of some sorts. Sure. Um, I'm sure if she'd run that by her agent, her agent would have said, no, 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 do not write that. Um, maybe her agent said yes. And then she should find a new agent because it was not, that was very clearly like a denial, but you know, you can kind of read between the lines. Like she's trying to, you know, you, you could. She's very much trying to like throw people, you know, into into sympathy for her. And sometimes when you do that, those types of things, you end up looking more guilty because you're like, "Well, I'm pregnant. And I'm very pregnant right now." And I'm like, "Okay, that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but okay." Um, yeah, it's a grasp. Yeah, it, it's very much like a "you need to feel sorry for me" type grasp. Um, I know someone found like a story about Rebecca Vardy. Her the, Jamie Vardy's family do not like Rebecca Vardy and actually didn't show up for their wedding or something Oof. like that. So I think there's some there's some preconceived drama 
between Rebecca Vardy and other English, you know, English uh, wags, wives and girlfriends, um, and uh, and her based on sort of that type of stuff with her family. So um, that's uh, it's interesting that like I think we remember like hearing those stories in like the Sun, like the uh, the the going to Mexico and the. Um, what was the other one she leaked? Oh, the the leak the leaky basement or something like mm-hmm. that. Like I remember seeing those stories too, and they're all just very strange and very weird stories. So it's kind of funny. Now we're all wondering whether the whole like I'm I'm fed up with England. Maybe it was Wayne Rooney being like getting in like the you know I'm I'm fed up with England and you know maybe maybe uh, Colleen Rooney posted on her Instagram like we're preparing to go back to England and then like it got picked up by the Sun or something like that. I wish that were true. Yeah, I think that would be. Uh... <laughs> I think I tweeted right as it happened. I was like, good one. You got us all. Okay, now you're going to be here next year, right? Yep. Like, obviously, it was a joke <laughs> that you're going to Darby County and that your number is the same as the betting sponsor and all these things. That was all an elaborate hoax that just sort of went too far. Yes, yes. He's going to be back next year. No, it's, it's, yeah. that's you probably here first. That's probably uh, 100%, 100% real on that on uh, on that front, um, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, also, on the on the uh, things to talk about in a bye week situation, um, Olivier Giroud uh, apparently rumored to potentially come to DC United or at least right. be on the list. Yeah, of, that, uh, of five teams. Yeah, that that that's that's yeah. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, we're just we're just we're uh, we're stopping going. Uh, I, as a Chelsea fan, that would be fine with me. <laughs> he needs he needs to go somewhere. Why not here? The ladies will love it. That is, a, he's a good looking man, even with his stupid beard. So I think from a from a Jersey sales perspective, Flow Sports will kill themselves now for not having <laughs> to, and the exclusive rights to Olivier Giroud. Yeah, I think it's a. Um, um, it, it seems more like it's a. He he he's like you know if anyone's interested, here are the places I want to go. Not a DC's actually interested. So I kind of. I very much pushed that article off to the side and said probably not going to happen. I, I would say I would say sure. at this point Ozil is more likely than um, uh, than Olivier Giroud to be honest, and and that's kind of where it stands right now. Unless, unless like we that. hear more information, unless we I hear... don't like that. I prefer the other thing. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I mean, his coffee might be good, so maybe I should maybe I should chill before I have his coffee. Yeah. Um, do we have any Facebook or Twitter? I think we got. Um, I know we had a Twitter comment. And yeah, I, Christy Graham says something about how my basement is is very very messy, which is which is nice. My wife will appreciate that as she if she happens to listen to this week's episode, she'll be coming down here with a sheet to hang <laughs> behind this couch, <laughs> so you can't see it anymore. This um, eventually, I have plans. There's going to be cool stuff going on here, but this is there's a, lots of transit going on. Right now. Yeah, yeah. He, I know. They, they got a baby. The guy, the guy's having. The guy. You can't be mad at me. I'm having a baby in six months, so. It's right. You said about it. You're not. You're not selling stories about me to the to the sun. Maybe not no. yet. Who knows? <laughs> I don't think they would be interested in those. Um, uh, John over at Average Geeks uh, put in a Twitter question. It says 2020 will be the 25th season. A new primary jersey will be out. Be out. Which classic jersey should the team use? I would go with the road 98, 99. Make it uh, black uh, with red stripes, or the classic black from 96 and 2001. Um, I am willing to bet, uh, unfortunately, I don't think they'll do any of those things. I will be curious if the season starts a little bit sooner. I will be curious if they figure out that they can play on a day that has some significance to Major League Soccer or, or represents you know, the 25th anniversary or 25th season and that they let the clubs 
who who were around during that time, like the San Jose Earthquakes play in Clash uniforms, the Dallas FC Dallas plays in Dallas Burn throwback uniforms. I think that would be really cool. I'd really like to see it. Metro Stars. Yeah, Metro Stars. I don't know if Red Bull will allow that to happen. Red Bull's very, very, very protective. But it'd be cool to see. It would be cool to see them do like a retro a retro day um, where they, you know, throw back to the to the glory days, use the old logos, uh, the 96 logo for DC, the Dallas Burn logo, the Clash, the old Galaxy logo. Pretty much every team has changed their logo now. So now you can actually do like throwbacks, I guess, other than the Revolution. Revolution like would not be they would be the only team that literally their logo would look exactly the same unless they decide to like come out with some brand new logo. Who knows? Maybe Bruce Arena can pull the strings there um, to make that happen. But the I, guy with a musket. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I, I would love to see you know kind of a throwback day in Major League Soccer. Pit all the you know pit DC against New York uh, Red Bulls. Pit you know New England against um, against uh, uh, Columbus. Uh, have Miami wear Miami Fusion gear, even though they're starting up their first year. So probably not going to happen but maybe have Miami Fusion play you know in against somebody I think that would be really cool I think that would be a cool nice little throwback to to the old days uh, baseball teams do it basketball teams do it football teams do it occasionally um, it's kind of cool things and I think if they came out with like a classic DC low like DC jersey that thing would sell like hotcakes like that thing would just fly off the shelf fly off the shelf yeah I mean I would buy it I still would buy a cat in the hat jersey I didn't get an opportunity to buy that when I came back um, and I kick myself still. So I'm never one to not buy all of the DC United gear. And that was the one time I didn't do it. So please, next year, I've saved all this money on season tickets that I'm not going to be buying. So therefore, I could buy some more jerseys. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Save that. Save that money. Um, any other YouTube related comments that we have? Just that your voice is quiet. Um, okay. <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah, I, I can turn up my microphone a little bit louder, but that might, I don't know if that'll make a. It, I flatter to me. It works perfectly. Okay. All right. We'll go. Hit, with... a, hit F in the chats, boys, for, for the louder <laughs> TED volume. We appreciate it. Yes. Yes. Uh, we might need to work out. We had some issues on your end when we you were using your end. I think we might have the same issues. So we will work through those. Work through those like champions. Um, there's literally nothing else. This this off week thing. Literally, my 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 uh, baby announcement is the coolest thing that happened on our Twitter feed all week. Yeah, which for me is true, and I I, I will agree to that. Do we? T uh, T Rodriguez started for the U twenty three Argentinian national team. Cool, cool. that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's like cool. That's, yeah yeah. That's kind of like okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> that's pretty much all you want to say about that. Griffin yeah. Yao made the U seventeen roster, the final roster for the World, for the U seventeen World Cup. Very cool. Expected, but yes, Expected, cool. Expected, but cool. Yes. And also, when DC isn't doing anything, all of a sudden the uh, the DC Comics and DC, uh, Dublin City University start invading the hashtag a little bit more than it usually does. <laughs> so, so that's a that's a concern whenever that's not happening. I'm still laughing, like when I, I, I like look through the DCU post and they're like, and uh, people are like, "What's this cool eagle thing that I see in the D- when I type in DCU for DC Universe?" And like they literally like something. Some people like, oh, stupid DC Universe is getting eaten up by DC United, the soccer team, or something like that. So I find it, I find it kind of funny. Mad. No Pe- one's happy. Everyone's mad. Pe- people mad online. People mad online. Um, I guess uh, let, let's uh, let's get into the playoff game, man. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I will take you know the the flack today. Um, I could not secure us a guest um, to talk Toronto um, to preview the game against Toronto. 
Uh, they will be traveling up north uh, to Toronto, unfortunately, due to what the later on. No, let's just not talk about it. Let's not talk about it. what happened. I know what you're talking about. No, no, no idea what you're talking about. Definitely did not yell at my TV several times and make my voice hoarse. My voice was just randomly hoarse on, on Monday after that game. Um, but uh, they will travel up to Toronto. Um, Josie Altador, I believe, pulled himself out of the U.S. men's national team camp. I don't think we have a status update for him. He's probably the only like the only like um, big news story. Um, he pulled up with a hamstring injury in the final game um, or some sort of injury. He has an issue with hamstrings several times, uh, so he did, yep. did not finish the rest of the game. Um, so that's sort of the that's sort of the thing to watch. I think in this game, if he's out there, um, if he's out there, will. Will Josie Altador? Josie Altador makes a huge difference for this team going attackingly. Otherwise, they pretty much have Pozuelo. And when he went out in that game against Columbus, Columbus started to sort of find the feet, and it really took a Pozuelo free kick. Um, these teams are pretty much, uh, I would say, identical in a lot of ways, I guess, sort of in talent on the field and expectations. Um, both these teams, uh, Toronto always has high expectations. They spend a lot of money on their roster. And they had kind of a down season. They just barely sneaked into that home playoff spot. Um, and then you look at uh, DC, same boat. A lot of talent, high expectations this season, and, and they haven't met it. Um, short of either of these teams winning an MLS Cup um, will actually you know meet these expectations. But Josie Osador affects a lot about how this team plays. Um, obviously, they have Pasuelo, who's an incredible talent. Um, started out really hot, sort of cooled off a little bit. Um, deadly on free kicks, just like Javinko. Really, I think DC should probably just employ the same tactic that they did they did with Javinko, which is just you do not let Pesuelo get any space at all or find anything, and you will be and you will have a potentially successful game. Um, obviously, Michael Bradley's out there. Um, I fully think this game could go zero zero and go to penalties. I think that is a very high possibility with how both these teams play right now. Um, any any sort of thoughts you have, John? Yeah, I had read that it's potentially Josie Altador pulled out. Uh, intentionally, so that he didn't have, so that he didn't have to play the U.S. game, and that he's actually going to be okay and probably play. <laughs> the other thing about that was that um, it—he's uh, not been playing well for them. I was reading an article by I think one of their bloggers saying that he is has not been finishing very well. He had scored a couple big goals, I think, in the last maybe you know two or three games ago, uh, but he hasn't been sharp, and that's probably good. I don't worry about DC United defensively. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I think that, that we're likely to be able to take care of business. I think it's just a matter of can we score. Um, a, a lot of people are bringing up the game against Cincy, and they're bringing up the fact that you know they couldn't score against nine men. What hope do we have in this game? And my response to that is, well, we're not. Toronto is not going to play like like FC Cincinnati. They are going to attack us. They are going to actually try to play soccer. Um, in some respects and try to generate opportunities and chances and that's going to leave space and opportunities for guys like Segura guys like Ariola to run in uh, guys like Lucas Rodriguez and even and even Wayne Rooney to find space and to find some of those players and and, and create opportunities the problem they ran into Cincinnati is since he just said nope we're just gonna we're, we're parking the bus we're gonna sit back we're not even gonna try to go at you um, and you know, to their credit, it's incredibly difficult to break down a team when they're playing like that. Um, you still have to do it, especially when you're up two men and your hope is you wear them, you wear them down so much that they eventually make a mistake and then you have space and opportunity. Um, you know, the question is whether DC did enough of that in that game, in my opinion was no. Um, but this is gonna be a very, I mean, they're not gonna, they're going to be on the back foot for every single playoff game against Toronto against NYC. Should they beat Toronto? 
against the next team, regardless of who they're playing, they are going to be on the back foot, I think, in every single game, and they're going to play counterattacking. I I do think they are built in a certain way, I think, where I'm I'm not overly concerned. They're, they're playing 50-50 soccer. It's going to be, can they prevent a team from scoring? If they do that, they're setting themselves up to nick at least one or two goals. And then you're sending it to PKs. And uh, people have pointed out, uh, Bill Hamid suddenly got better at penalty kicks. Um, he has actually made a couple saves in in, in games. He, he's he's done a lot better. I don't know if he's if he talked to a sports psychologist or their Thornton's been giving him maybe a little bit more tips. Um, but that was always a kind of a weak point for Hamid was penalty kicks. Um, and he seems much more dialed in on those. Um, there've been a couple opportunities this season that he's been able to stop. Um, and we used to joke that like, literally like the only save he had was when it was deemed illegal by Mark Geiger. And that just like wrecked his confidence for like 10 years or something like that. But it has gotten better though. This it, year has been dramatically better. Yeah, it has been, it has been, it has absolutely been. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know if there's much else we can really add. I mean, it's just it, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a slugfest. I think. I guess we got predictions, John. What are you What are you predicting for this game? What is your What is your prediction? I think we may have made some last episode. I think I said this goes to penalties, uh, and I think that uh, we win. We win on penalties. I think one one, and after extra time, DC wins on penalties. Gritty, 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 <laughs> super gritty. I'm going. I'm going one nothing in ninety minutes. That's to, what I'm going to to us or them to to DC. Okay, I'm going one nothing in ninety minutes. I think we hold them scoreless, um, and I think uh, Wayne Rooney gets a goal and starts. And you know this is this is his, this is a swan song. It's it's now or never. And then we start. Then I start wondering whether I'm going to make a bus trip up to New York <laughs> to see them play at City Field. I'm guessing right now. I don't know. How, how's the AL? How's, how's baseball going, John? You're my local baseball expert. Yeah, so uh, the Yankees are playing right now game two against the Astros. I'm not watching that quite clearly. Uh, <laughs> and the Nationals are up 2-0 yeah. uh, in the series against the Cardinals. Can't I, believe it. I, I, su- be I suppose in one sense it's a good thing that D.C. didn't get a home playoff game because that would be probably a pretty much a mess that the Nationals are now actually like getting it done in the playoffs. I can imagine what Saturday would have been like um, had there been like the NLCS going on during that series, and and baseball ain't, ain't going to care about what DC's schedule is. They're going to schedule that game whenever the TV networks tell them to. And same with with MLS. MLS ain't going to care about baseball. They're going to schedule that when the TV networks tell them to. Right. So we had on um, during the Cincinnati game my parking lot was they were saying uh if you don't get back here 20 minutes after kickoff we're going to charge you 60 dollars like <laughs> look um what no <laughs> he was like oh we, we were told not to sell those tickets I was like i bought this i bought this parking pass eight months ago man uh so i no i don't think so he was like what if, i was like what if i'm 25 minutes late are you gonna what, are you gonna put a boot in my car what, what's happening here exactly I, was like, I mean just don't you know just don't hang around just don't just don't dilly dally <laughs> So extremely good to not have cr- the the idea that they were like we can't have these two teams play at once. I thought was always kind of like well, I guess it depends on the crowd, but it shouldn't be that bad. No, it, it's it's not good. Logistics there are, are very bad. If yeah. I wasn't parked in the lot three million miles away from <laughs> from the stadium where I where I actually parked, uh, then you know, because you actually you actually you went to the DC game and then you went to the um, no. To the net, no, you didn't do the no, Nats I game? didn't. I, I went to the DC game, then went home. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I thought I thought you had. Uh... No, I'll be. Uh, I'll be at the. I'll be at the game 
four on Tuesday, which potentially, if if they win tomorrow night, then it could be a uh, game four Whoops. clinching. Um, I apologize, people. People have been calling in. <laughs> And uh, I'm used to having a producer, and I've been trying to do other things. Uh, so everyone, try calling back in. Um, we've got a from YouTube. We've got a we've got a uh, prediction. Uh, Ola Kamara subs on the 70th minute, scores a header in the 81st. DC holds on for a one nothing win. So that's you know that is an entirely possible outcome. Yeah, yeah, As absolutely. Go. Absolutely. Um, well, I'll, we'll stay on for a little bit longer. People have been actually trying to call in, and I've been really bad about the phone lines. Um, so I apologize, everybody. That's that is completely on me. How many missed calls do you have? Is it just two from Gregory? Um, it looks like one, two, three missed calls. One's oh. from um, a vehicle at the Aloha Kia Airport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a text message. Um, so uh, yeah, everybody, please call in. Call in two zero two nine zero five zero four five four. I will answer. I promise you. Um, that's what he always tells you. Yes, I, I, I'm looking at it now. My apologies. I, I have it set to do not disturb, so I don't hear the rings. Um, I probably should just change that. That's my fault, y'all. Um, so I think w- when we do get season tickets again, so 2021, I think we're gonna move to the corner opposite. I don't know what the the section number was. I think 121. Mm-hmm. So the corner opposite, uh, 131. Mm-hmm. I, my wife liked it a lot because you. She was like she was way our seats in 104 are from the actual field and how there's actually blind spots the only plus with that is a it's cheap and b it's under a roof and um that's nice to have on a roof but what we were realizing that for almost every game the sun is over to the right of the supporters group section and it's blocked by the roof if you're in that 131 so the only the only problem you'll really have is if it rains and I think it only rained for two, maybe three games all season. So yeah, we're we're uh, strategizing a little bit. I think uh, so. That's the that's the plan well, for two years from now. I, I I would just I would just say don't don't rely on the fact it's not going to rain. I mean, we were talking about at Richmond Kickers games like we had not had a we did not get a single rain out, single storm roll through and everything like that. Incredibly fortunate. Probably not going to be a uh, a common occurrence. So. I know what we can talk about. What's that? I know what we can talk about. We can talk about. Go ahead. Your coach getting fired. We could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, talk, tell me your thoughts. I'm sure you have many thoughts. You were on a podcast this week talking about it. I that. was. I was on. Uh, check out River City 93 for more of my expanded thoughts along with other people um, who care about the Richmond Kickers. Yeah, man. Uh, David Bulow, um pretty surprisingly got uh, got fired. Uh, I guess not fired. He wasn't fired. He he. He apparently was on a one-year contract for the season, and the team decided not to extend his contract, um, which in one sense, uh, I can understand their thinking. The team finished ninth out of, I think, ninth place out of 10 teams. Um, well, uh, pretty pretty well outside the playoff. Um, they did not, they played really badly for a stretch after starting off pretty in the middle of the pack, um, and then they got on a little bit of a run that gave you maybe a little bit of hope. They could put something together and sneak into that fourth spot, um, and then they kind of faded down the stretch, and that was really the end of that end of that chapter. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so basically the um, uh, so basically uh, they let him. They decided not to extend his contract. Um, a lot of fans were genuinely upset um, about this, and I think a lot of fans. I think we're we're kind of in this boat where we we knew. Once, uh, once Lee Kalashaw was retiring from coaching, 
that okay now it's a rebuilding project you know this is a, a we need to start over start from scratch um my philosophy is is you know where everything was everything perfect last season no but i left last season feeling like okay um or i left this 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 season i just want to said okay you know there's a base here there's some base here to build on there's you know maybe five or six players that i really want back and maybe a couple others that would be good supporting pieces um there's a base here there there's you have a coach i, I had conversations with players uh everybody's had conversations with players. they love david bulow um they absolutely loved him as a coach he really had an ability to connect in the locker room um and you know that's a very rare skill um you can have the best tactical mind the, the, the best planner and strategizer if a guy doesn't you know if no one if no one gives a crap what he's saying it doesn't matter um, your team will fall apart um, lots of lots of coaches lose their job because they lose connection with their players and despite how bad the season was going it was still very clear all these players really did really did buy into David to David Bulo um, so in one sense, it's very frustrating. A lot of fans were very upset about this. Uh, we were all very, very angry, and I think a lot of the people on the podcast were very upset. Um, my f- feeling is now, okay, now it's on the owners to, if this is the best strategy, then I'm I'm less forgiving now of sort of everything that's been happening with the team. You know, the charging for parking, the, I think, in- single-game tickets prices went up, um, the lack thereof selection of vendors for food and um and um certain alcoholic beverages has gone down this season it's sort of like you kind of lose a little bit of trust and you know now it's like okay are we going through another like are we going to start over again are we going to have like you know 20 new players on this field you know what's the real strategy here in in one sense i guess it's great it's good that there's at least a little bit of accountability um, but you 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 have to thread that needle with accountability. You have to find somewhere between, I don't know, uh, normal teams in like Orlando, what Orlando City is doing, which is seem to cycle through coaches and GMs. You know, the, the Washington NFL team is a great example of an or, of a badly run organization that is that is accountable when things are bad. They make changes and they and they you know get rid of coaches and they and they and they you know one can argue about their whole GM situation. Um, but you know the question becomes you know there, there is such thing as being too accountable and then you you're, you're not you have coaches that might be good that get too scared to actually go um and then the real question is what's what what's appealing about coaching at the richmond kickers right now we're certainly not one of the higher spenders in the league you're not going to get an unlimited budget maybe that's changing maybe they bring in a guy they really like they're willing to open the open the open the pocketbooks a little bit you know, you're dealing now in a project that's that's basically going to be a rebuilding project. Are they going to give that coach enough of an opportunity, or are we going to be back here again next year, ninth place? Nope, we're letting another coach go. And even if we finish ninth place, then what? What? Why did we? Why did we get rid of? Why didn't we give Bilo another season? You know, you take in some guy who's a new coach. He's coached youth teams before, but he gave him his first professional job. He makes mistakes. He learns from them. And and I thought he made some pretty good changes to this team and got this team playing at least better down the stretch. Where if they had started this way, I think they would have they would be they would be either in the playoffs or or very very close to it, or certainly in a much better position. Um, and they clearly did not think that things were going to get better. So it's it's going to be. A, a tough and interesting offseason to see what this team does. Um, and you will not, I think for Richmond, what really matters to us is we're such a small knit community that having a coach that's willing to come out and, you know, he would, Bulow would come to every tailgate. 
He would show up. He would be there. He had such an immense connection to the fans. There were a lot of mouth breathers out there that were just, you know, chanting Bulo out. Things are awful. Things are terrible. But I think the vast majority of fans were, were very upset by this move, especially long-term fans. Um, so, And it can't get much worse next season. Yeah. There's only, there's only one spot to go down, right? <laughs> there is. There is. But, I mean, again, if we finish the same spot, I mean, even if we even if we miss the playoffs, then it's like, okay, well, then what, what are we really building towards here? And then that coach gets let go. You know, what's the what's the goal here? Um, so I, I'm kind of – I think, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful we're going to have another season ticket event. And I would really like – I, I kind of wish – I think I saw like on Sutherland Till I Die, they had like with the season ticket holders or the, or the supporters trust or whatever, they had like a Q&A section with like the manager, the coaches, you know, the the front office. And I mean – you know, my question would be, you know, what's the plan here? And and I think they can get away with a lot because there isn't, you know, there's vocal criticism from fans, but there isn't media pressure. There isn't, you know, there isn't a, a beat reporter from the Richmond Times Dispatch that is assigned to games and and does post game hmm. and 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 anything like that. Is there I, one not, for the squirrels? Uh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. The squirrel the squirrels get you know probably a little bit more traction here because it's baseball. Um, and the right. Richmond Times Times Dispatch um, uh, leans a little to the right, so I think that plays maybe a little bit of a role in there um they do still cover the team i think that you'll still see them out there but with the way newspaper industries are it's you know resources 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 so a lot of it comes from sort of independent you know people who host fan podcasts and and the fans themselves um those heroes exactly exactly um so i you know i i think i'm going to i i when this move happened i was like do I really like? I really was so upset. I was like, maybe I don't want to get season tickets next season. I'm getting them next season, but now I'm less forgiving right now of this team um, than I have been in the past. Um, now I want to see some real change. I want to see some change on the field. I want to see this team go out and win. All right, you make this move, then okay. Now you guys gotta show. You guys gotta show that you know this is we're 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 closer to a long term project. It really was the coach, um, and you know we could be sitting here next season. That could be top of USL League One, and we're and we're sitting here talking about um, we're sitting here and talking about what a what a great move it was to make this move. And now they're you know flying right now. But um, I remain skeptical until until I see other until I see some different results. And you were talking about a lack of investment. Are there teams in League One that spend any money at all? I mean, so I would have to imagine right now, Ford Madison um, certainly, I think, has a pretty um, open open book as far as um, as far as press. Uh, you look at Greenville; they went and signed John Harks as a coach. Um, that couldn't have been cheap. Um, I, yeah, I know, but He's I meant, bounced around a little bit. I think his fee might be down a little bit. Now, it might be like. down, but I think they still had to spend some money to bring him in. Uh, that's certainly not not a not a nothing expense. Yep. Um, South Georgia Tormenta, I, I, I think right now you have to look at you have to look at too when this team was coming together. This team was very very quiet till about I'd say you know beginning of February when they really started to actually sign players and bring guys in, um, and they were still adding players. You know even as even as preseason started to hit and they started to to get to the regular season, so they are um, you know the. Uh, the old analogy, they're the last dog to the bowl in a lot of cases, as far as like, as far as players and availability. Um, and some of that has to do, uh, you know, with the location of being in Richmond. 
Um, some of that has to do with maybe the amount of money they can spend. Um, you're really getting the last guys who maybe there's a guy they, who might be interested. Yeah, sure, I'm interested, but let me see what else is out there. Um, and that's never a good thing when you have players who maybe want to come play, but then they see what else is out there. And then they get a contract in the championship. Um, there are a lot of guys that left uh, when they moved down to League One who moved to the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do say that, you know, I think right now the money situation I hope is better. Um, because right now it's not a situation. What what we what we've had in the press is we've had a youth club soccer club that happens to own a professional soccer team, so no money, hardly if any money, was being really spent on the professional team. They were probably just doing enough to keep the lights on and maybe sign a few players. Now it is a ownership group that is specifically invested in the youth team in in a majority invested in the professional team the youth soccer team i think has like a 25 percent stake in the team still um to keep that connection but basically it's you know 80 70 to 85 to 80 percent is run by um matt spear and um and rob ucrop uh, who are the two owners and they've founded 22 holdings a lot of their they're based like out of i think i think they're based near davidson the college that they went to. Um, it's it's kind of a weird situation. No one really knows uh, really what's kind of going on here. Um, but it is positive that there is an ownership group that is specifically invested in the team. And I think that that is a positive thing. The question is, is okay, are those decisions still going to be the right decisions? Um, a lot of people disagree with what, what's been going on. Um, I am of the opinion that it was a wrong decision, but I reserve the right to change my opinion. Um, I do absolutely do. If they come out and they're top of the table next season, then obviously it was the right decision. So that's a, will, uh, that's an abbreviated look. If you want a more extensive look, River City 93 podcast hosted by my friend Elliot Barr. I talk, I am on there. We're talking, you know, uh, we're talking uh, David Bulow and the future of the Richmond Kickers. So you should get, you should get the recently unemployed David Bulow on that show. Yeah. Talk to him about uh, what he thinks. I'm sure he's NDAs that happen at League One. Sure, you can talk about it. I mean, it was a situation where his contract just wasn't extended. So, you know, I'd be curious. I, I'd be very curious. I'd be curious to talk to some players. Um, Didn't he tweet something about like a dog spilling something in his house, and everyone was like, "Oh, that better not be about him getting fired," and then <laughs> or Lecco, and then five minutes later, he was Lecco. Well, no, what, I think what he said he posted Welp, and a bunch of people jumped on. I think DCU on DCU Soccer, one of the Twitter accounts, pointed me to it, and then I think the second tweet was like, "My friend, uh, my kid now says like." screw tottenham or something like that mm-hmm. my wife's gonna love me and then it's like oh good and then you know i kind of posted like oh they had us in the first half i'm not gonna lie you know that type of tweet and then literally it was like an hour later it's like david bulow is not extending his that's a good troll yeah yeah i think he had to know that was coming yeah. um yeah so i just wanted to make sure before we before we close here i want to thank uh we have a new patron this month rich myers thank you for uh supporting the show mm-hmm. uh if you are a listener to this show and say boy Really love this show. Hope it keeps going. Be ashamed if something happened to this show. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Um, and if you don't want to give us money, that's fine. Tell all your friends about us and make sure you're following the 5 million things we have, such as our YouTube account where this show is happening right now, our Facebook Live, our Twitter. Uh, we have a Discord channel for some reason because that's what the, where the kids are and we talk <laughs> about stuff. Um, so just join us for all that stuff. We have a, you know, we've got a big game coming up this this next yeah. weekend. Hopefully, so, the games that matter continue on into the cold weather, and we keep talking. Uh, and if not, we always, we're going to have obviously a great wrap up opportunity for to talk about where this team's going, and then we'll see what we're going to do for uh, the the back end of this. Uh, but we, uh, 
it's you know we enjoy what we're doing we hope that we have a good game to talk about on sunday that's a win and then we can keep going yeah absolutely um and uh yeah definitely um we, we, we will make sure to have the phone lines up and running with the producer um apologies to the people whose calls i missed we got like a huge flurry there at the end um but uh we will definitely have calls coming up um for the game uh for the for the dc i don't know if we'll do like a live post game like or after the game or we'll just wait to our normal monday show um we'll kind of we'll kind of figure that out probably gonna do a lot with schedules and everything yeah um we're gonna be i was originally planning to go watch the show watch the show watch the game uh live at a bar on saturday afternoon but i'm not now so if if we did decide that we wanted to do a post game call-in show we could do that yeah we'll, uh, let, let us know let us know your interest let's let us know your interest on that do you guys prefer a a live post game show or would you all rather wait till monday to sort of dissect this um, I think we, I think we would get a lot of sort of hot takes, regardless of what happens. If it's it, a loss, for sure. Yeah, if it's a loss, for sure. But um, um, it'd be, it will be interesting to see. So definitely, everybody, uh, let us know on that. And uh, uh, Twitter.com slash RFQ Refugees, Patreon.com, like you said, um, join the show, help, help us grow. Um, you guys have been awesome about that, and uh, we will catch you all next week. Vamos.